Welcome to the Word Podcast. The Lord God has given us His Word. Let us learn it. Let us live it. Let us rejoice in it. Spread the Word. Blessings, everyone. This is Dale. Thank you so much for joining with me today on the Word Podcast. We're continuing our examination of 1 Timothy. We're in chapter 3 now at the very end of it. So this is 1 Timothy chapter 3, beginning with verse 14. This verse we've already uh, read several times because it gives us the understanding as to why Paul was writing the particular things he was talking about. Remember, he had just talked about overseers in this chapter, overseers and deacons, about men and women as deacons. And for lack of a better term, the qualifications, okay, the character traits that one would find, the patterns of life that one would find in people who the Lord is calling to leadership. So in verse 14, he says this, I am writing these things to you, hoping to come to you before long. So Paul was writing to Timothy, but his real desire was not just to communicate via letter, but to actually see him. We're going to see later on in 2 Timothy that Paul's asking Timothy to come to him, which at that time only Timothy could have done because Paul was in prison. Okay, But now he's saying, I'm hoping to come to you before long. Then verse 15, but in case I am delayed, I write so that you will know how one ought to conduct himself in the household of God. So the reason that he's writing to Timothy is he's explaining to people, to Timothy and to the other people who would have heard this letter also, how they are to conduct themselves in the household of God. Okay, We are the household of God. We are the body of Christ. And how should we be behaving? How should we be acting and reacting, for lack of a better term? Okay, But that's just part of the sentence. Let me finish the rest of it. How one ought to conduct himself in the household of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and support of the truth. If someone asks you, you know, what the church is, this right here is a great place to start as a definition. We are, as the household of God, we are the church of the living God. We are the pillar and the support of the truth. Well, of course, that begs the question, what is the truth? Well, he's going to give us some understanding of that in the next couple of verses. But just think on that for a moment. That is what we, (coughs) as the body of Christ, are. That's what the true church is. The church is not the building. The church is not the organization. The church is an organism. We are the church of the living God, those who are true believers. You're going to have fake believers. You're going to have false believers. You're going to have tares among the wheat. The Lord's told us about that. But to understand the church is the pillar and support of the truth. Then verse 16, by common confession, King James says, without controversy. In other words, people all agree upon this. By common confession, great is the mystery of godliness. And quite often, if you've got to study Bible, this portion of the scripture will be entitled The Mystery of Godliness, you know. And he's telling us it is a it is great, this mystery of godliness, you know, of, of, of piety, of what it means to be holy. It's a mystery. Now, a mystery sort of is sometimes people say it can be translated like a secret doctrine or something like that. But it, it's not meant that way from the point of a view of a cultic type of thing. Okay. It means that only those who are really a part of this thing can understand what it is. 
So watch what he says. Great is the mystery of godliness. And then in translations, you have a colon right there. In other words, what follows right here is going to give explanation to this. By common confession, great is the mystery of godliness. Then he says this. Here's the mystery of godliness. He who was revealed in the flesh was vindicated in the spirit, seen by angels, proclaimed among the nations, believed on in the world, taken up in glory. That right there is one of the most succinct explanations of the gospel and what the mystery of godliness is. Do you believe this? That he who was revealed in the flesh, that tells us that Jesus, and this is speaking of Jesus, and not just because all the he's are capitalized, <laughs> all the pronouns, okay? He was revealed in the flesh. Other portions of the scripture tell us about that. Philippians does. He who created everything took on the form of his creation, took on the form of flesh. He was revealed in the flesh. He was vindicated, okay? vindicated in the spirit, justified in the spirit. It was by the spirit. And you said vindicated what way? He lived a totally sinless life. He was perfect, and yet man came after him. He was perfect, and yet the minions of darkness came after him. But he was vindicated in the spirit, seen by angels. That's interesting because people say, well, yeah, the angels will see him. They were with him in heaven. That's true. I also think this is speaking about the angels who rebelled against God and are on the Luciferian side now. Okay, He's seen by them. He was proclaimed among the nations. And at this point in time, you say, well, it reached all the nations. It was a proclamation throughout all the earth when, it, when he was born. It was a proclamation throughout all the earth when he was killed, when he was buried, when he rose again from the dead. Remember when he rose again, there was earthquakes and the, the rocks broke forth and people, uh, saints in Jerusalem came forth from the grave and proclaimed that Jesus was Messiah. And then uh, what we saw in the first part of Acts on the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit came down and spoke to all the nations through their languages, that's what's being uh, addressed right here, that the word has gone forth. The next part gives us understanding about that. Believed on in the world, that those who are sinners, those who are in the world have heard this, they believed in it, and they've been transformed. And then he says, taken up to glory, that he was raised from the dead, that vindicated in the spirit, uh, reveals and refers to that he was revealed in the flesh. Yes, he took on the form of a body, but then he was killed. But then he was vindicated. How do you, how are you vindicated when you're killed? When you're raised from the dead. And he was raised from the dead by the power of the Most High God, by the Spirit of the Lord. And that's a really interesting thing to look into, that you see uh, Father, Spirit, and even Son involved with the resurrection of the Son. And then he was taken up to glory. So what is the mystery of godliness? It is great, folks. It's great. And we understand portions of that's the whole thing with the mystery. You see the elements that you see now. Perhaps something else will be revealed when you see more. Perhaps not. Okay, It's the kind of thing that we're not always going to know everything. But look what he says. The mystery of godliness is Jesus who was revealed in the flesh. Jesus who was vindicated in the spirit. Jesus seen by the angels, good and bad. Okay, Jesus proclaimed among the nations. And Jesus believed on 
in the world and Jesus taken up in glory. That is the mystery of godliness. That begs the question, do we know that and do we live in it? Have we truly repented and confessed and called upon the name of the Lord and say, Lord, I believe that. If you have, then you're truly saved. If you have it, then you're not. It's as simple as that. Maybe good, maybe very religious, may have done, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But if you haven't done that, you're not in right relationship with the Lord. But you can be right now by simply doing that. Repenting, confessing, and calling upon the name of the Lord and believing what he said. And your life will never be the same again. Again, I'm Dale. Thank you so much for being with me. And I'll see you again next time. Goodbye.